0: Welcome to Books and Whatnot. I just kicked my chair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is starting well. Welcome to Books and Whatnot, a podcast from KMUW, featuring a conversation between those who provide book coverage for our listeners. I'm Beth Goulet, and I host the Marginalia Podcast. And I'm Suzanne Perez, I'm KMUW's resident book reviewer. This podcast was recorded on Monday, June 28th. So publication dates and terms like new, forthcoming, and the like are relative. Now, we should give many introductions because um, we mentioned our book coverage, but we also have other jobs at KMUW. You are a journalist. I'm I'm not sure if we would use the term like veteran journalist. I mean, well, you're new at KMUW, but you were at the Eagle for how long? Uh, over 30 years. So I was a newspaper journalist for 30 years, and now I'm new to radio. Well, not new to radio, but new um, new education reporter here at KMUW. So. And you've been the book reviewer here for a number of years. I have since, yeah, for several years, three years, I think. And I've been your producer. So you we have. get to chat about books anytime. Anytime we're together, <laughs> we chat about books, which is lovely. Yeah. And you our director of marketing and all things digital at KMUW too so so. we both have jobs that's right and they allow us to do um book stuff on the side including this podcast which is brand new we found that whenever we get together we talk about books that's right we don't do it in front of a microphone so So we're we're changing that making it public um but I think that a lot of people you know talk about books and would like to know people ask me what I've been reading so we'll just let them know there you go so we've decided for Books and Whatnot, we are going to do three categories that we're going to try to stick to, even right. though we structure, usually... Structure, Beth. Structure. <laughs> we, we tend to veer off away from structure whenever we get together. But we are going to be talking about books we've read, books we're currently reading, and books we're talking about. So That's right. I'll let you begin. Oh, okay. So I will talk about um, a recent book I've read, and that was um, Who is Maud Dixon? by Alexandra Andrews. Now, I did not review this book, but I read it because it was a literary feast selection for last month. I was not able to go to that particular literary feast discussion. But this was a propulsive sort of mystery, and it was kind of a big deal book for the summer. A lot of people were talking about it, and I loved it till about three-fourths of the way through. <laughs> and I'm not going to give anything away because I, I, I hate spoilers. All I'm going to say is that, I mean, it kept me reading, and it kept me interested, and then it just got a little unbelievable. I'm mean, Not that, you know, propulsive mysteries aren't usually unbelievable, but this one was particularly unbelievable. Did you read it as well? I did, and I interviewed her for uh-huh. Marginalia, and I'm, I'm actually one of the ones well, I am the one who recommended it for Lit Feast yeah. because we just wanted a book to escape into. That it was. Yes. And I loved the, uh, you know, the setting was e- exotic. And they're in, was it, where were they? <laughs> were they in Morocco, <laughs> yeah, I want to say? Did they go to Marrakesh? Yes, Marrakesh. That's right. So it was, the the setting was, was beautiful and interesting. And it was a good summer read. I just wish it had um, yeah, ended differently. I don't know what I would have done differently. But I just was like, it wasn't a, you know, throw it across the room, you know, kind of experience. But it was just kind of a, oh, come on. <laughs> well, and I, I thought the writing was well done. Very well done. And um, I, you know, it, it's a book for people who are, are fans of like um, the talented Mr. Ripley, Patricia yes, Highsmith. which I have not read. And it was compared to that a lot. And it has kind of an Elena Ferrante-ish. Mm-hmm aspect to it because I don't think this is giving it away I mean on on page one you find out that this woman is waking up in a hospital in Marrakesh and they're calling her like Mrs. Wilcox yes who which is the author's name who has the pen name Maud Dixon right and so I don't think it's giving this away to say this young assistant she assumes the name Maud Dixon right and yeah because Helen Wilcox no- equals Maud Dixon. And that's what but that's where it gets like just crazy is all of the okay, who am I now? Right. And, you know, who is who? And then, you know, X person comes back and Y person is there too. And I don't know. It was just it was a little much for me. This was their first book and she's worked as an editor, as a writer, as a I mean, she's done a quite a bit in her career. She's married to Christopher Behaw who um he had a book that was shortlisted or longlisted for the National Book Award oh well wow. a year ago and he's i believe i'm going to get this right he's editor in chief at Harper's magazine oh my i mean she was delightful to talk to and you know toward the end where things were getting out of hand i think they were getting out of hand for the character as yes. well and and we might have become a little bit frustrated with it but um I admired the effort. Oh, for sure. Yes, it was it was excellently done. And it kept me like I said, it kept me reading right up to the end. It was just like one of those. uh, I don't know. So that was Who is Maud Dixon? By by Alexandra Andrews. Very good. Yeah. What have you been reading or what have you read lately? (laughs) We we decided and we've done a couple of pilot episodes before. So we kind of know what what we're supposed to do and know how limiting it can be. I mean, if you say, what have you been reading? We could just go on and on and on. So we've decided to limit it to what we've covered in the last month. Right. Whether what we've covered or what we've read on our own. But it doesn't necessarily have to be something current. Correct. Yeah. Because a backlist is very important. (laughs) And so, you know, when, when Marginalia started in 2015, I think I did four interviews that year and it was just one a month. And so then... After that, we thought, oh, well, this might make a good commentary. Can you do one every other week? And so I started doing author interviews for alternate. I, you know, first it was on Tuesdays and then it was on Fridays. I mean, that, that date for marginalia has changed so many times. And then at the beginning of 2021, I decided to go ahead and go weekly. Yeah, So I have, a lot. I have a lot of books on my list right now. Yeah. And so, some of them have not been produced yet. But the authors, these, this, okay. I'll just list. I'll read my list of books. This is impressive <laughs> for June. And you tell me which one. No, I can tell you which ones I want to talk about. Yeah. So, I, I think I'll go in the. I at least start in the order that the podcasts dropped, and then some of these last three aren't out yet. But okay. um, the other Black Girl by Zakia Delila Harris. I have seen that so. Often, I mean, it's 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 made a lot of lists and is it's being going to talked be our, about. Yeah, it's going to be our Lit Feast book for August. August. Yay. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Rural Rebellion by Ross Benish. Have not heard about that one. That at all. was published by University of Kansas Press. Okay. University Press of Kansas. University so maybe of Kansas Press. One of those Kansas notable book type books. Yeah, exactly. And it's political, it's fascinating. Is it Nonfiction. It's nonfiction. Okay. This this gentleman lives in New York City, but he grew up in a small town in Nebraska, and he kind of um, talks about you know how politics have changed his small town. Oh, but he wow. also talks about how what he wants people in New York to know about his small town. Oh, so I wow. mean, it was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I spoke with Jennifer Weiner about that summer. Yes, that was a great episode, by the way. Oh, thank you. And. Jennifer, It is Jennifer Weiner. Yes. <laughs> okay, because I've heard Weiner and Weiner, so it's nice to know that it's... It's Weiner. ...how to, how to pronounce it. <laughs> and then what is it of hers that... Um, what was her big breakthrough novel? Oh, it came out 20 years ago, yeah. and it was um, Good in Bed. Yes. I read that for a book club way, way, way back when, and it was really good. Good. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I spoke with James Ellroy about his book, Widespread Panic, wow. which actually... Um, it, well, it's fiction, and he he made that very clear to me when we, when we were discussing it in the interview. This is fiction. <laughs> it's based on the life of a, a real man, this guy named Freddie Otash, who used to be um, a police officer. He was very corrupt in the in the in L.A. in the '40s, '50s, '60s, and um, he became this fix-it guy, and just really, really, oh, wow. really corrupt man. And the book, though, is set in, you know, it starts, Freddie O'Tash is in purgatory, but, and he can get to heaven if he writes a tell-all. Oh, Oh, wow. he was an informant for a Confidential Magazine. This is kind of, so despicable character novel, would you say? Yeah. Because that's one of my favorite genres. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do not I love have, a despicable character. I do not have to like um, my characters. And, you know, um, I think, who is Maud Dixon? Yes. could classify it for that as You're well. right. You know, my, whenever I think of despicable character novels, I think immediately of "Ladder: to, A Ladder to the Sky by John Boyne. Oh, I haven't read that. Oh one. my goodness. That is a fabulous book well, if anyone is interested in reading that. But John Boyne is supposed to come out with another. Now we're getting off track and it's all my <laughs> fault. But he's coming out with a new novel this year and I can't wait. Oh good. He's yeah. a favorite mm-hmm. for both of us. Um, I just have six more here yeah (laughs) no, i have five more uh the great mistake by jonathan lee fantastic book i want to hear about all about this the writing is impeccable it takes place oh also this is fiction based on real life oh it is every single character in this book existed okay so it's a inspired by a true story andrew haswell green is known as the father of greater new york He was controller for the city of New York for a while. It was his idea to build Central Park, the New York City Public Library, the Museum of Natural History, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I mean, he is responsible for so many things. He's responsible for bringing um, Manhattan, like connecting it to Queens County. So, I mean, the boroughs exist because of Andrew Haswell Green. He was really murdered on, um, I think it was Park Avenue in 1903. He was 83 years old. I don't know if I should give this away. I'm don't not give gonna, it away. Okay. If, if, yeah, lean toward uh, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Er, err on the side of not telling us enough. But what is the great mistake? Do we do well, you have to wait are for several. that, too? there okay. are several. I mean, a lot of people refer to the great mistake of, I think it's 1893. I'm I'm getting the date wrong. But they called the connection of Queens County to Manhattan Island a great mistake. Oh, okay. But there were several mistakes, several great mistakes that happened in this book. But it sounds like this is a novel that also, like... Will teach you about sort of city planning, yes. New York history, and um, Jonathan Lee. He grew up in London, and I asked him how how he became aware of this Andrew Haswell Green when most Americans have never heard of him, and here he is British, and he knows more about him than we do. Huh. And he saw a park bench in Central Park. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. So you would call this an untold story as well. Oh, yes. I yeah. See, you keep referring, you bring up these subjects, and I think we should interject here with why these subjects are important, why these categories are important. Yes. So there is an annual reading challenge that we have called Read ICT. ICT is the... Airport Call Letters for Wichita, for those of you who might be listening from elsewhere in the country or world. Um, And it's 12 books over 12 months, and we have different categories every year. And one of the categories this year is an untold story. So that, yeah, this would be a great pick for that. It really would. It's a fantastic book. I'll save my last four. I'm going to give (laughs) you a turn. (laughs) Okay, so another one I've read. Yeah, so... One of the ones I reviewed recently, and I cannot say enough good things about because I keep thinking about this book, is The Push by Ashley Audrain. And I actually listened to this book during a road trip. I, I drove from uh, Wichita to Vermont, it took three days. But anyway, this the first day was all about this book. <laughs> and I had heard that it was you know, just a, a psychological thriller. It is in the sort of realm of we need to talk about Kevin. If you've ever read that, very, very dark, lots of mother and child stuff going on. And, and, um, you know, um, is this really happening? Anyway, it was fantastic from the very first scene, you know, she just pulls you in. Also, the narrator, and heck, if I can remember her name, Marin, Ireland, something like that. Anyway, I had listened to this particular narrator before, too, and that makes a big difference, I realize. But even people who have read the print book of this are raving about it, too. But it is unreliable narrator. This young woman ends up not wanting to be a mother, but then, you know, she's in a marriage, and her husband wants a baby, and she's like, okay. She, she comes from a long line of really horrible mothers. <laughs> um, she has a child anyway. Um, immediately does not, you know, connect with that child. And it's sort of all about what happens next. And I'm not going to give any – I don't want to give anything more than that away. But just suffice it to say this had me guessing – And there were several gasp-inducing moments where we were driving down the street and just, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, hard-to-stay-on-the-road kind of moments. So very, very cool. But, again, really dark. Uh, I would not read this if you um, are pregnant or recently had a baby. (laughs) I'll just give that little warning. (laughs) So, But, anyway, that's The Push by Ashley Audrain fantastic psychological thriller. I started reading that like six months ago. Really? And then put it aside to ha- because I had to read something uh-huh. else. But I, is, is it from Pamela Dorman books? Do you know? I don't know. I used to be on an advisory council for them. So I still get really, really, really early copies from oh. them. And I'm pretty sure that was one. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. Okay, so I'm going to go through these last ones quickly. Okay, Songs in Ursa Major by Emma Brody. It came out last Tuesday, I think. Oh, so very, very recent. Yes. Emma Brody was inspired by the relationship between um James Taylor and Joni Mitchell. And so this is her her characters are not James Taylor and Joni Mitchell. They're just, you know, based on them. Um it's these two young singer songwriters and in their tumultuous relationship and It was just so much fun. I would highly recommend it for a summer read. Oh, really? It was released on the 50th anniversary of Joni Mitchell's Blue album. And so it was just, it's, you know, so many of the books that I've read. In fact, let's see, one, two, three, four of the authors, four out of the, how many books did I read? Nine. There's nine on this list. Four out of the nine books that I read in June were written by authors who happen to be editors at another house. Oh, interesting! So it was really fun to talk to them about what they're working on at their other job, and how that affects their publishing life. Like, how is that? What's their relationship with their like with, with their, their editor own at editor. Knopf, or right. or does knowing you know how the sausage is made temper their expectations and things yeah. like that? Yeah, how so, cool! Yeah, that's neat. She is an editor at. Little Brown's um, Voracious Press, Mm -hmm. but this was a book that came out from Knopf. And that's Songs in Ursa Major. Yes. That sounds right up my alley. Uh, Bewilderness by Karen Tucker. Love that title. And I asked her about it, and it was a really fascinating answer. And then the last two, um, these are books that have been out for, one is a year and one is almost a year, and the paperbacks are coming out this month. Um, A Burning by Megha Majumdar. Which I recently purchased. Well, when I br- when I took this book up to the counter at our local independent bookstore, like two of the people there at the counter, oh, my gosh, a burning. It's so good. Yeah, it's so sad. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Sad? Okay. Yeah. Um, and this last one, you actually wrote a review about it when it came out last September, and it's called Transcendent Kingdom by Yao Jesse. And her first book was Homegoing. And it was just so well received. Yes. And so it was. You know, she had that pressure to. And do. that one, believe it or not, is still on my to read list. I Me never too. read it, and it's so so um, raved about that I, I really need to get to that at some point. But Transcendent Kingdom was wonderful. Yes. Um, I have Homegoing on my stack to go home. Uh-huh. It's it's on my Homegoing <laughs> stack. So how fitting. Okay, so those are all the books that wow. I read. That's but, impressive. Well, the authors that I interviewed, right. in June. Just this. My goodness, so that's you go a ahead. very impressive summer for you, Beth. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. I've not been reading as much. I can't see straight, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing anything else, but um, so yeah, do you want to talk about what we're what we're currently reading? Sure. Okay, um, because I really, really, really want to talk about this. I'm almost done with it, actually. You know, I love middle grade novels. Yes. Middle grade is my jam. And it came out in 2019. The title is Other Words for Home by Jasmine Warga. It uh, was a Newbery Honor book, and it was a staff pick at the bookstore. Several things about it I love. One is that it's about a Syrian immigrant, so a little 10-year-old girl growing up in Syria escapes with her mother to America, and it's all about sort of finding that new place, being you know new to a place, and That whole immigrant experience is fascinating, also very sad. She, you know, leaves her uh, father and brother uh, in uh, Aleppo, basically. So what I love about it, first of all, it's told in verse. So it's like a Jason Reynolds novel. I'm looking at it right now. It's just very sort of free verse. So it reminded me a little bit of Jacqueline Woodson or Jason Reynolds. And uh, it's just beautifully done so that each little chapter is like a long poem. There's so many just beautiful phrases. It's well written. Again, I'm not done with it yet, but I'm love, love, loving it. It's called Other Words for Home by Jasmine Warga, middle grade novel. Very cool. Yeah, love it. I am getting ready to begin because I'm talking to him on Friday. it's a book called *The Final Girl Support Group* by Grady Hendrix. Love that title too. And just listen to a few of his other books. You know, kind of, it might give you an indication of what I am jumping into. *The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires*. <laughs> we sold our souls. Horror store. The O has an umlaut. The two uh, dots over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the title again? Horror store. Horror store. And I, it's it's kind of a horror book set in what is appears to be very similar to an Ikea store. Do all of the O's in that title have the umlaut or just one of them? Just the last one. And there's no E at the end. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's weird. And I met Grady. And I think it was, this was his first book. I met him at BEA Book Expo America. It was in New York City. And it was called My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, wow. What a great title. And he is so wicked smart and delightful, and I look forward to that conversation, and I'm a little bit intimidated, but... You should. You've you've talked to so many famous authors. You should not be intimidated anymore, but, you know, I understand. (laughs) I am reading Finally, 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 News of the World by Paulette Giles. Um, So this was made into a movie starring Tom Hanks, which I I hate that. I know that because (laughs) I'm reading it and all I can picture is Tom Hanks. Don't you hate when that happens? So, uh, but it's a, a Western. It's basically about an older gentleman trying to, okay, so there's a girl that was taken by Native Americans and raised as a Kiowa, basically, and then the pioneer folks, the cowboys, take her back and want to take her back to her family. So this particular character needs to get her to where she's going, and it's across Texas in the 1800s. But interestingly, the main character, his job, for lack of a better word, is reading newspapers from around the world, and then um, charging admission, and people come and hear him tell them what's going on in the world and it's that part of it i just love um but yeah i'm not a big fan of westerns but this one was so talked about and like i said when you know it became the movie i thought well i'm not gonna watch the movie until i read the novel and now i'm finally reading the novel i'm about halfway through Um, we'll see where it goes i do love the writing it's it's just glorious um but that's news of the world by paulette giles have you read it beth i have it (laughs) i own it (laughs) Well, I've owned it for a while, and I finally it pulled it off the shelf in the early aughts, right? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look. I'm looking right now. It's a beautiful little book, too. <laughs> it's, you know, with the deckle edges and the sort of tea stained. No, a uh, 2016. That's not Seriously? early. Yeah, it's more recent than you I'm, think. I don't know that I have that one. I'm thinking yeah. of a different um, Paulette Giles. Let me look it up. New York Times best-selling author of Enemy Women. Yes, that, I do have that one. I haven't one. Even heard that one. But um, the other thing I like about this book, you open up the cover, and there's a map with the trail that they took. Don't you Very love nice. that? Yes. I love a map of the on the end notes or whatever they're called, <laughs> and papers. <laughs> yeah, so News of the World by Paulette Giles. It is uh, a nice summer read, too, because, you know, it's hot and dusty where they are. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like like here. You know, when you read a book, it makes a huge difference. The Overstory by Richard Powers. I've had that on my shelf for so long, and I'm just waiting for fall to read it now because it's a book about trees, and I just feel like fall is the time to read it. So I don't know. I'm weird that way. No, I think you're right. I read The Bear on um, the eve of the summer equinox, and in the book they start talking about something that they had to do on the eve of the summer equinox. I I love that. That sort of... Seren- book Serendipity. Yes, I, I read um, a gentleman in Moscow over a snowy weekend. I just read it all in one weekend, and it was snowing outside, and it was the perfect book for that moment. And Love that. one of the perfect books of all time. <laughs> you ask me. When is he coming out with another one? I don't know. Good question. Okay, immortals, it's time. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> we're ready. I've I've visited with him. Maybe oh, he's listening. Yeah. No, well, I hope he's. I hope he's got a book <laughs> coming out soon because he's fantastic. Um, the other two books that I have on my list that I'm excited about, I haven't started reading, but I will because I have interviews scheduled with them. Yeah. One is Sunjeev Sahota, and his book is called China Room, and um, Michiko Kukutani, um raved about it, calling it the finest novelist of the year. Ooh. So... Um, It's an original and intimate tale partly inspired by his own family history that explores race, class, and gender across time. Mm. So I'm visiting with him um, July 19th, so I will read it before then. And it's coming out uh, soon? Oh, it actually, I think I'll be talking to him after, it's not out yet, but I'll be talking to him after it comes Mm -hmm. out. So I think it probably comes out the 13th, if I'm remembering right. Okay. Um, And then this one, our producer, Haley Krausen, my producer on Marginalia, she's excited about this new book by Jasmine Guillory, and it's called While We Were Dating. Haley has read every single other book by this person. Oh, really? And I am not aware, but that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, Beth and I don't know everything about every book (laughs) that comes out. Um, She wrote The Proposal. She wrote Party of Two. Gosh, the wedding they party, romances, royal holiday. It sound, they sound like romances, and maybe wow. Like rom-com novels? No, we'll find out. I guess you're going to. I mean, Haley, she jumped on this and said, "You have to talk to this person." Normally, we discuss who we want to read and, and talk My. to. Why? But no, she said, "Sorry, you're you're talking to this." Oh, person. I love it. Are you sure <laughs> that she doesn't want to talk to? Her? I know that's true. I should do that. <laughs> At least to ask her if she, there's any particular questions she needs to ask. I do love to hear about you know those authors that people have where it's whatever is coming out, I'm buying it. Yes. Who yeah, do so, you have? Oh, well, J. Ryan Straddle, uh, Kitchens of the Great Midwest, and Logger Queens of Minnesota. Loved both of those novels. Will buy anything that comes out by him. Also, Anthony Doerr. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm very excited about that. I mean, speaking of books we're excited about, he's got a novel coming out this fall. I don't, can't remember the title of it. But anyway, he wrote uh, All the Light We Cannot See. And again, and we mentioned Amor Toll's before and he is definitely one of those authors for me how about you um john irving michael chabon jonathan burnham schwartz um andrew shangrier oh yeah andrew Shongrier, the only one i've read was less okay I've, yeah. that's the only one of his i haven't read but oh. i bought it <laughs> you own it i do ching ching um Okay, so you mentioned Anthony Doerr. Oh, Did right. you happen to read Four Seasons in Rome? No, but you keep telling me about that, and I need to. Well, what's funny is, so this book is set in Rome. He, Anthony Doerr, and <laughs> <Fittingly>. his wife. Fittingly, <laughs> yeah. they. Um, it's it's nonfiction. He was told about this this um, you know he could be a fellow at the American University in Rome, and all he had to do was like write a proposal about what he would do and i think he submitted one sentence that said i will work on my novel and i'm pretty sure that what novel was all the light we cannot see wow so they found out that they won they had four month old twin boys owen and henry i believe if i have that right oh my goodness how are they, you remembering these christmas it was it made an impact on me wow. they went to rome had a full year there. They, um, they were there when Pope John Paul II died, so they were there for the largest funeral in the world. Oh, wow. There was They didn't get a sitter often, but one day they did, and um, they had their, their day planned out, and they had their bus route planned out, and they got off their bus stop and got to this one building. Um, they were the first ones in line. They made sure they were the first ones in line. When they opened the doors, they went sprinting down this hall, sprinting down this other hall, sprinting down this hall, And they arrived at the Sistine Chapel a good 10 minutes before anybody else who was at that gate could arrive there because they knew where they were going and they ran all the way. So they laid down and they just looked at the ceiling for 10 minutes in silence. That gives me chills. So I was on need to read that. That's Four Seasons in Rome? Four Seasons in Rome. It's It's just a small, it's a slight little book. It's really beautiful. But the funny thing is I was was helping a friend of mine who has a a bookstore in Chicago when, um, you know... COVID happened, yet they still wanted to do author events. And so I was helping them figure out the Zoom to Facebook thing. And he was in conversation with this Irish writer. Her name is Keelan Hughes. But when they got on the the Zoom before we, you know, started broadcasting it, and I said, I met your boys when they were four months old through this book. How old are they now? He says, oh, they're 17 and it's just kind of crazy oh because you get to you forget that they have lives and they move on yeah. I, I still imagined them little babies well, in Rome forever yeah. they forever are in this the pages yeah. of this book that's cool I really need to check that out and he is just so nice and delightful oh my gosh I always right. want to say that when the authors are nice yes. and delightful well everybody on my list so far nice, nice and, and delightful, and delightful. <laughs> <laughs> book people are don't you agree I yeah. think book people are the best people okay so what do you have there well I'm very excited about a couple of novels but I, I I I actually recently visited a great bookstore in Chicago. I think that might be the same one we're (laughs) talking about. But um, anytime I travel, which thank goodness we're starting that again after the pandemic, Um, went to Chicago a couple weekends back and went visited uh, Exile in Bookville. Love, love, loved it. Such a gorgeous little shop overlooking michigan avenue it's on the second floor of the fine arts building uh javier ramirez is the owner and uh Kristen gilbert and anyway such a great bookstore so i've spent way too much money there <laughs> bought a lot of books but the one i'm most excited about is one that just came out lisa tadeo's first novel it's called animal colon a novel <laughs> in case you were wondering <laughs> it is fiction and um i love love loved her Um, Three Women, which was a nonfiction look at um, sort of the the sex lives and love lives of three very, very different women. Um, That came out a couple years ago. And you reviewed it for us. I did, yes, but I really, really loved it. Her writing and her reporting were just so astonishing that I, again, I was like, okay, I'm there for whatever else she puts out. And this is a novel, and I hear that it's very, very dark, which I love, but I guess... uh, The the blurb says, much like today's Three Women, this novel is not for the prudish or for people who like their women to be silent or demure. If you are looking for originality, sexiness, or fearlessness in your next read, this is the book for you. Grab the reins and be prepared for a ride. So I am there for it. (laughs) It, um, Thankfully, all the books I bought in Chicago, he um, very conveniently shipped to me so I didn't have to lug them back on the plane. And it is in a box waiting for me at home right now. Very good. Yeah. I'm super excited. Anything else on that list you're Yes, about? the other one I'm really excited about is actually Malibu Rising. Um, it's Taylor Jenkins Reid's new novel. Is it Daisy? Yes, Daisy okay. Jones and the Six. Um, but this very talked about sort of perfect summer read, An Ode to Malibu in the 1980s, so... There you go. (laughs) I'm there for that. This Ode to Malibu in the 1980s is the perfect beach read. Four famous siblings throw a star-studded party, and over the course of 24 hours, find their lives changed forever. (laughs) It's enthralling and layered and so vivid it could be a memory, perfectly paced and suspenseful from page one. That's Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. This wasn't a June read. It was a May. But I feel like I would be... um, remiss if I didn't mention, and it is a July, no wait, it's it's our July Lit Feast book, Great Circle by oh, Maggie gosh, Shipstead. Oh yes, I am actually, I just started that as well, and I'm loving it so far. That one is highly, highly, highly recommend. It's 600 pages, but every single, every single page, every single rabbit hole, every single story, all of the research she put into it, so worth it. Wow, I can't, yeah, I can't wait to continue reading that one. I got, yeah, it's so, I'm back into my my sort of reading routine now where I have about three or four books going at once, which I really, really love. <laughs> but that's one of them. And it's been described as epic and epic, expansive, all those words for the 600-page novel. But It's fantastic. It's nice to sort of – so you read it a while back then? Yeah, I, I talked it? to her um, – I've been trying to visit with these authors about a week before their books come out so the podcasts can drop on publication day. So I I talked to her in early May, I think. Yes, people, if if you're not already subscribed to Marginalia, you need to. Definitely, definitely. If you uh, like books, love books like we love books, you really need to listen to those author interviews that Beth does. They're fantastic. Thank you. You're You're welcome. welcome. They always provide great insight into whatever we've read. Yes, they do. And I just, I mean, I, I like to hear the backstory, you know, that goes behind. And you just recently talked to um, John Green. Yes, that's, about, another, that's yeah. another favorite interview that's oh, out there. I can't imagine. He wrote a book of nonfiction called The Anthropocene Reviewed, where, you know, he talks, He he had this conversation with his brother Hank when they were touring for John's novel Turtles All the Way Down, mm-hmm. and it had to do with, five-star ratings and how, you know, everything was showing up on Yelp as this five-star rating and how he decided that he was going to start rating, like, mankind and, and things that happened in life. He might be rating this hot dog stand in Iceland or Canada geese or Diet Dr. Pepper or something like that. So but kind he, of random. Random. Oh, I love it. They're his essays. And this is also, this started as a podcast, so he has the Anthropocene Reviewed podcast where... You might hear some of these. Some of them were new for the book, but he's just, you know, he's he's a favorite. I met him back when his very first book came out. You and that know, was way before Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> which it was, was the one um, everyone thinks was his first book. Looking for Alaska, yeah. which came out in 2005. And what's funny, though, I, I don't think I included this in the podcast, but he thanked me for reading the book. He said <laughs> it's. <laughs> he said, you'd be surprised how many people asked me when I became interested in astronomy. <laughs> after The Fault in Our Stars and he said um I guess now oh my gosh (laughs) what a concept actually reading the book before you talk to these authors yeah Books and Whatnot is a production of KMUW Wichita. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Producers are Haley Krausen and Jonathan Huber. And editors are Beth Golay, Suzanne Perez, and Lou Ann Stevens. You can find more conversations and a list of titles discussed, plus Beth Golay's Marginalia interviews and Suzanne Perez's book reviews at KMUW.org.